Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. I'm going to be bringing you some fun things on Fridays this summer. Sometimes we're going to reboot a popular episode. Sometimes I'm going to bring you a money story or a new way to think about your money. Regardless, we're going to have some fun because it's Friday, right? (laughs) And we have to somehow signify the weekend. Today, I'm going to be rebooting one of my 
most popular episodes, Five Easy Steps to Improve Your Finances, even in 2020, with my friend and fellow CFP, David Waldrop. And although this episode was recorded last year, 2019 seems like such a long time ago, I promise you that the money steps are still easy to do and will help you improve your finances right away. So snuggle in, listen up, and pick one money step to implement right now. I empathize because let's face it, I mean, it's it can be tough to to sock away money in all these different areas. And, you know, it's like, well, you got to start a, a retirement account and uh, oh yeah, make sure to start that 529 plan for, for junior and, um, you know, make sure you have some life insurance over here. And by the way, you need to start an emergency fund. I mean, it's like, it's never ending. And I know it can be frustrating because, you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's only so much there. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. There's podcasts and blogs and articles and apps all giving you tips and strategies for your money. And then there's oh so many places for your money to go, whether it's paying off debt or saving to build your emergency fund college fund for the kiddos, buying your first house, going on a trip to Europe to eat gelato in Italy, which, by the way, I highly recommend (laughs) because it's oh so tasty. But there's only so much money and so many things to do with your money that you can just be left feeling totally overwhelmed and honestly, probably just not do any of them. And I know this for a fact because I get it and I've been there myself. But today's guest, David Waldrop, he is a millennial money podcast friend who's been on the show before, and he is a certified financial planner himself and has so many great tips to help you build a stronger financial foundation, including these five easy steps to improve your finances. Do all five, do one, do two. It's up to you. It's your money. You make the rules. But to keep from getting overwhelming and from keeping that overwhelming feeling at bay, just take one little step today and then one tomorrow. And before you know it, you'll have accomplished more than you can ever imagine. So step number one, you talk about giving yourself a raise. So what is this and and why does this matter? This is something that I started talking about years ago, and it comes from the idea of paying yourself first, right? So if we're an employee at a firm or or a company and we're holding out for a raise, sometimes we don't get that raise, right? But if you're putting money away into a retirement account, you're paying yourself. You're looking out for yourself. And where a lot of people fall short is sometimes they set it and forget it. Now, setting it and forgetting it can work out in certain circumstances. But <laughs> if you're just getting started on your financial journey and you're putting away $100 a month and you do that 
for a year, that's great. Be, be happy with what you're doing. It's better than zero. But the next year, take a step to give yourself a raise and increase it by 10%. Now, instead of putting $100 a month away, you're putting $110 a month away. And most people would agree that that $10 increase is certainly manageable. So 10% might sound like a lot, but if you look at it from the standpoint of what that is on a monthly basis, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, bust your budget. And right. it's almost like double compounding, right? You're investing that $100 a month. You're getting returns on that investment. You're reinvesting dividends. You're getting interest. You've got compounding happening there. But then you almost kind of give it a, a boost by increasing it 10%. And that 10% increase over the course of the year, is that going to allow you to retire at age 45? No, it, of course not. But if you continue to do that 10% increase every year over several years, those small contributions are going to add up to a lot. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful. Uh, before we jump into step number two, I watched another one of your videos. Uh, the topic was how to save $1 million by 65, which is certainly a, a catchy headline for most people. And, you know, it was just coming back to that principle of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, someone age 25, someone age 35, someone age 45, the longer you wait to save money, the more money you're going to have to save to reach that same dollar amount. And I just think it's so powerful, even if you're you're looking at your finances and you're thinking, well, I don't have $100 I can save each month. Maybe you could carve out 30 or 40 or 50 or whatever it is, but the younger you can get this snowball kind of rolling in, in that positive direction, the closer you're going to be able to get to that goal and maybe the less you're going to have to put away over the, the length of your, of your working years. Yeah, there's a misconception out there that, you know, it's, you, you can't, in, they don't have enough to invest or, you know, someone might right. feel like I just, it, I don't have enough to invest for it to make a difference. And, you know, what's $30 a month going to really do for my retirement? And, you know, the reality is it's going to do a lot it, and you don't stay at $30 forever, but you get started there. And if you actively work to increase it over time, it's nowhere near as painful as it is if you were to just wait 10 years before you start. Because let's face it, I mean, we're never going to have enough money to start a savings plan. There's never a, a right time. There's never a moment where there's just this you know, green light <laughs> flashing that says you can do it. So the earlier you can start, the better. And even if it's $25 or $30 a month, start it because it's going to help you in the long run. I love that message. So step number two, you say is save now for your kids college education. And I know so many listeners are just starting to have kids or even just in the process of thinking about kids. But why should they also be thinking about college planning at the same time? It sneaks up on you quick, right? I mean, time flies when you're having fun, and especially when you're raising kids. It is it's a whirlwind and it can be very easy to put saving for college on the back burner. But 
the challenge is, is that the college expenses are going to start well before retirement. So what I encourage clients to do is as soon as your newborn uh, gets that social security number, if your goal is to start socking away money for, for college, start right away. Start with whatever the minimum is. A lot of these plans will allow you to start with $25 per month. And it's the same idea that sometimes people think, well, what's, what's that really going to do? I'm not going right. to be able to pay for college with $25 a month, but at least you get, you get started. And the earlier you start, the better. And I know it, it, it might seem crazy to someone who's got a newborn, but they will be 18 before you know it. Even <laughs> though, even though the days may be long as a parent, the years are short. Um, and so the sooner you can start building that college fund, the better. For sure. And we're talking about 529 plans, right? Which I know is, is confusing for a lot of people, but there are so many different plans and, uh, so many different options for you to, to save for your college education, for your kids' college education. Yeah. And I, I work really hard at trying to keep things simple. I think a lot of times we can get information overload. Yes. My philosophy is, Invest in accounts that are designed uh, for a particular purpose, right? Um, and in general, uh, college savings plans are those 529 plans. So I have a lot of clients that will say, hey, should I start a Roth IRA and use my Roth IRA to save for college uh, instead of a 529 plan? And there are certain strategies that can be used uh, to make that work. but why make it more confusing than it needs to be? If, if you've got an account out there that is specifically de designed for saving for college, it nine times out of 10 is going to make sense for you to utilize that. And I think 529 plans are a very powerful way to accumulate a sizable nest egg for college expenses um, and doing it in a uh, tax efficient manner. Yeah, I love that. The the KISS motto, keep it simple. <laughs> Absolutely. And so step number three is is one, of course, I talk about a lot. I'm probably going to say that on all these steps, but it's, it's update your beneficiaries. And I think this is one of the most overlooked steps that I see people make. And wow, I, I'm sure you've seen, I've seen some horror stories where exes are suddenly getting some cash if someone died unexpectedly and they forgot to change the beneficiary. There's all sorts of scenarios where this is just such a, a simple change to make. But and again, one of those things that tends to fall to the end of the list. So how do you know who you named as a beneficiary and what sort of documents should you even be looking at to make sure you did this right? No, that's a great question. For some types of accounts, it's real easy. I've even seen some investment firms list who the beneficiary is on the account statements. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I think is probably not the best idea in the world. But you most often you'll be able to contact whoever your investment provider is if you're participating in a 401k plan or a 403b you should be able to access that access that information from the investment provider and you the problem is is that most of the time you're not going to be 
told that you need to go do that. Um, <laughs> we're so we're so used to taking directions, and it's like, hey, you've got to opt in for this new uh, retirement benefit, and then you you take that step, and then you move on with with your life. But you can designate a beneficiary on a retirement account, and let's face it, our lives change. We um, we remarry. We you know, we break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend or anything can happen. And it's really important to make sure that your beneficiary designations are up to date because if something happens to you and you've listed somebody as a beneficiary who you, you no longer want to be a beneficiary, but you just neglect to do it, if you pass away, your money can potentially go to someone that you really didn't want it to go to. So it's important to keep up to date with that. Yeah, you're going to make their day for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you may, you're probably not going to know it because you're not here, but somebody's going to be unexpectedly uh, very happy. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And there's a lot of misconceptions uh, with beneficiary designations. And there's things that, you know, you can, you can go wrong. There are certain times where people want to list minor children as beneficiaries. That can be problematic. Um, and so it's just a good idea if, if you've got a retirement account and you're not sure who you've listed, make sure to check up on that because you not only want to designate a primary beneficiary, but most, uh, beneficiary forms and retirement accounts will allow you to list a contingent beneficiary to protect you if something happens to you and your primary beneficiary at the same time. There are instructions on file for the funds to go to the contingent beneficiary. So it's a good thing to look up, look into and make sure you're not neglecting your, your beneficiary designations. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial.
When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times. But your mind is on the future, too. 
and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. get back into the five tips from David after an Ask Shauna from Liz, who emphatically writes, Hi, Shauna. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Love how that starts. I used your tip to negotiate for an Airbnb for an upcoming trip, and you'll never guess what happened. Okay, maybe you will. But I ended up saving 30% off the rental price, which was huge. My boyfriend is in awe of me, and I refuse to tell him the trick I learned from you, which was just to ask the question. Had I not been so afraid in the past, I could have saved a ton of money. In fact, I added up what I would have saved if I negotiated even 25% off my last three trips, and it would have been well over $3,000, enough to fully pay off the last of my student loans. I'm so upset at myself, but now that I know this trick works, I am super excited. Seriously, thank you. I hope everyone else uses the tip and isn't afraid to negotiate. Thanks again. I'll be sure to send you a postcard from our beach vacation. Liz, this makes me so happy, brings me so much joy because I love nothing more than when people want to go on vacation or purchase something and just a little itty bitty negotiation helps you save money because that is just money that you could use for other things. Just like what Liz is saying here, she could have used that money to pay off our student loans. And I think that is, again, like what I echo with credit cards. I know so many people, this may be you, hate credit cards. And I understand why I've been in credit card debt myself. And I know that it is suffocating and stressful. But when you can learn how to use the credit card, which there really isn't anything to learn, it's just the mind trick of telling yourself, this is essentially a debit card. So whatever I charge on this during the month, I'm going to pay off by the end of the month. Whether you need to break that up into weekly payments or twice a month or whether you can be disciplined and just pay it off once a month, it doesn't matter. But the point is you get all those other benefits, points, cash back, all that extra fun stuff that then you can use towards other money goals. So it's the same sort of theory. It's just leveraging the purchase you're making so that you can do it really smart and really wisely, I guess. I don't know if wisely is a word, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. And this is what I, this is really, I think my philosophy when it comes to money is I know so many people, and again, this may be you are just struggling, whether you make a lot of money or you make a little bit of money, it, it just feels like there's not enough money. Like it just evaporates or there's like this hole in where you live and the money just gets sucked down the hole. And oh my gosh, I've so been there with you. I've had so many months where I forget months, years where I just, I'm like shaking my head going, I don't know how or where this money has gone, but I don't have any of it. And it is super frustrating. But when you can just think about your money in this way, like, am I doing it the smartest way possible? Is there a way maybe I could get a little leverage or get a little break on something? 
And I think travel is one of those great things because you know you're already going to spend a decent amount of money. And with most of us going to stay at Airbnb or VRBO or different things like that, it just it doesn't hurt to ask the question, hey, is this the best deal or are you offering any discounts if I book with you versus a different Airbnb? What's the worst they say? They say no? Okay, who cares? Then you go ahead and either book it or go book with another place, but at least you have asked the question. And I use this trick all the time for hotels, which I think just blows people's minds. Like, how can you possibly negotiate with a hotel? Well, I'm not calling them up necessarily and saying like, hey, you have a $350 rate on your website, but I would like that room for $150. That's not exactly what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, hey, I would rather book the room through you directly than through, say, Expedia or a different hotels.com, something like that. Is there any type of discount or are you willing to lower the rate based off of the rate I would get through one of these sites? A lot of times they say, yeah, or sometimes they say, no, that's that's the rate. But what we can do is we can upgrade you to a nicer room or we can throw in breakfast or all sorts of things we have had thrown in just from asking the question. And of course, it's not going to work 100% of the time, but if it works 50% of the time, that is a major win in my book. And it's just more money that you have to do other things with, whether it's money you have to spend on the trip or money that you use towards a different goal. Again, at the end of the day, who cares? So Liz, thank you so much for writing in and hopefully for inspiring someone else who is listening today who is about ready to book a travel reservation and maybe just giving you a little bit of pause to think, let me just ask the question, what in the world is the worst that could happen? Yeah, that's such a good point because I think a lot of times people are a little bit confused about what contingent beneficiary actually means. And I see a lot of people not filling out that section on forms until you you tell them, but th- this is what it's for. And they're like, oh, okay, now I understand. So again, if you're filling out a form and you and you have a question or you're confused about something, it's just a reminder to to ask questions because you're not supposed to inherently know all of this stuff. That's why there are hopefully HR or different experts there to help you figure out who would be the best person. As a general rule, though, it might be a little, uh, it's a little dicey when you're naming uh, boyfriend, girlfriends. That's just my two cents. <laughs> oh, it, it absolutely is. And I'll tell you, I don't envy folks who aren't financial advisors or in, involved in retirement planning to fill out a lot of these forms that I, that I see. Beneficiary designation forms, they can be complicated. Not only you know, listing who you want as a contingent beneficiary, but they're throwing all kinds of estate planning and legal terms at you like per stirpes and per capita. <laughs> How do you want it to flow? And I mean, if, if that stuff is slightly confusing to me, someone who you know, lives and works and eats and breathes in this financial world. I know it's going to be difficult for uh, folks that are out there that don't specialize in this area. So um, if you do have an advisor uh, or you have somebody that's familiar with these matters, you know, take advantage of that. Ask them because they might be able to translate some of that financial ease 
uh, into uh, regular English. Yeah, great point. So step number four is pull your credit report. And I think it's it's easier now than ever to pull a report or to see what your credit score is these days. But I know that not all credit scores, depending on where you're checking, are, are created equal. Um, there's a lot of misconception over the, the credit scores on apps versus a credit score that might be on a credit card statement, different things like that. But why is it important to to stay on top of your credit report? And how do you know what your actual credit score is? Yeah, well, this is going to you know, be a total surprise for a lot of folks out there. And I say that tongue in cheek, because Credit reporting agencies can get things wrong. And, no. <laughs> you know, it, it's, there's nothing worse than just cruising along thinking everything's fine and you're ready to make a big purchase, like buy a car or, you know, qualify for a mortgage on a, on a first home or even in certain cases applying for a job. You know, there, there are a lot of reasons why a, a credit report can be run on an individual and you want to make sure that what is on there is accurate and how are you going to know if you're not checking and if you only see your credit report when you apply for something you know that could be every you know 3 or 4 years depending on you know what you're doing with your credit so um at least once a year, I recommend pulling your credit reports, if not to see your credit score, just even to make sure that what is on there is accurate. And if it isn't, you can start taking the steps you need to take to uh, correct any mistakes on there. Yeah, yeah. Great, great point. So we come to our last step, step number five, emergency fund. My my good old favorite emergency fund. I, I talk about it a lot. I call it my my oh crap fund. Um, <laughs> and I, I have hammered this home a, a lot. But what are some smart tips to help listeners carve out some cash each month to save the emergency fund? And and how much do you suggest that they actually aim to save? Because sometimes I think a lot of listeners, just like we've talked about with uh, retirement or college savings, are like, God, like if, I, if I'm having to save thousands of dollars to have a s- sufficient uh, emergency fund, like I just don't even know how I'm going to get there. Right. No, it's challenging. And I empathize because let's face it, I mean, it's it can be tough to, to sock away money in all these different areas. And, you know, it's like, well, you got to start a, a retirement account and, uh, oh yeah, make sure to start that 529 plan for, for junior and, um, you know, make sure you have some life insurance over here. And by the way, you need to start an emergency fund. I mean, it's <laughs> like, it's never ending. And I know it can be frustrating because, you know, at the end of the day, there's, there's only so much there. Emergency funds, I think, can be tricky because to make it easy, we often use generalities, you know, rules of thumb out there. And the the tough thing for folks that are in a position like yourself and and for what I'm working with clients is that I always worry that I'm gonna throw out a number that's going to scare someone. And risk throwing that number out there and a person who might have been ready and willing to start an emergency fund or any fund for that matter, 
I worry that sometimes that person might throw up their arms and say, that's just, I can't achieve that. That's unachievable. And then instead of even starting with a small amount, they just abandon it altogether. Right. So everybody's situation is different. My suggestion is you have to have an emergency fund and you have to be putting money into it every single month. It's not an option to not have an emergency fund, but be putting whatever you can into that emergency fund every month and hope you don't have a reason to access that oh crap uh, fund. Because <laughs> if, if I say, oh, you know, you need to have at least $5,000 in there, then there's going to be a whole group of people that say, oh, that's no problem. I can handle that. And then there's going to be another group of people that say, are you kidding me? You know, that's not even an option. So I tend to say, if you don't have an emergency fund set up, and it can be as simple as keeping it in a savings account, you don't want to be investing emergency fund money in stocks and mutual funds. You want it readily accessible and ready to go. Um, you don't want it to decline in value. But make sure that you are are funding it because you want to be able to tap into the emergency fund and not have to take a more extreme route like either using a credit card or worse, doing some kind of payday loan. So it's it's critical to have one. It's critical to be funding it every single month and doing whatever you can to build that balance over time. Hopefully, you never have to use it, and that's great. But if something does come up, you have a way to do it without increasing debt and you know making an already challenging situation worse. Yeah, such great advice. I, I I tend to find that there are always reasons where I need my emergency fund. So I would imagine that that most people are in that situation. Well, I'd love to just wrap up with with one sort of final thought. You know, if you could tell your thirty something self one tip with what you know now about improving your finances, what would it be? Like, what would be one sort of powerful gem? I would have to say that it is wealth is built over a long period of time. We live in a society where we need everything now. You know, we're, we're not very patient and building wealth actually should be boring. <laughs> it, it <laughs> should not be like going to a casino. It, it, it should not be getting overly joyous about a, a, a big run up in the stock market over the course of 12 months. Wealth is built over long periods of time and I believe is the result of many, many little decisions made right as opposed to a few big decisions where someone gets lucky. If you are consistent and you're making a ton of very good decisions and sometimes very small decisions that come up every single month, whether that's making sure to pay a bill on time every single month to build your credit or taking the step of making sure to fund some kind of investment or retirement account every month, even if it's a small dollar, 
though the result of all those little small steps, those are going to be the things that make you financially stable and secure in retirement and building wealth is something that takes a long time. So in that regard, uh, patience is definitely a virtue when it comes to building wealth. Yeah, that is that is such great advice. I try and echo that all the time. Just take these little tiny steps. Well, David, this has been incredible. So much information. Tell listeners where they can find you on YouTube to subscribe because you have some great videos, I think, that are so informative. And uh, I, I just think that uh, more people should head on over and check out your YouTube. Absolutely. So uh, you can just simply go to YouTube, type in David Waldrop CFP, and you should be directed right to my channel. I do encourage uh, your listeners to subscribe to the channel, and that way you can be alerted on uh, new videos that I do. I usually do about one or two new videos a week, and you know there's going to be more topics to come. And I would encourage your listeners to let me know in the comment section of some of my videos what topics you want to hear more about, and I'd be happy to take those into consideration. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free, and you'll make sure you never miss an episode of Millennial Money. You can also listen to all our episodes on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Pandora. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.